Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Greasers. Hope you're having an okay week. Thank you so much for joining me. I hugely appreciate that you download this podcast and listen to it every week. It is just, yeah, it's so nice. Thank you so much. Um, We've been doing a bit of a mini-series, I don't know if you've noticed. I didn't really tell anyone because I forgot to mention it, but we last two weeks I've been talking to uh, people who are sort of in the death industry and uh, we'll be doing the same this week with uh, Zoe Clark-Coates from Saying Goodbye. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to provide, I guess, three episodes in a row in the summer perhaps when I don't know maybe sometimes it's hard when the world is on holiday and perhaps you're not feeling it so that if you haven't listened to the other two episodes I can't recommend them enough Dr Catherine Mannix and Anna Lyons who is a death doula just talking about different aspects of grief and working with people who are who are dying um they've been some incredible feedback from those episodes so I'm really glad that we decided to do it because as you know I normally speak to comedians about this sort of thing so it's nice to just occasionally have a break um just that you know as well i'm going to be on a break myself for two weeks after this episode only two weeks so fear not there are plenty of episodes go back and listen to the ones that you haven't listened to yet the people that you don't know it's always worth it so yeah we'll be back on the 4th of september so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode and if on that two week break you want to rate and review us that would obviously be hugely appreciated 
This week I'm talking to Zoe Clark-Coates, who is the founder of the Mariposa Trust, which incorporates Saying Goodbye, which is a baby loss charity. Zoe is an incredible woman uh, who has turned her own grief and personal pain into yeah, an incredible institution, which I actually first heard of on the Lou Conran episode because she was raising money for them after they had helped her. Um, if you are interested in episodes on baby loss, uh, Lou's is a really wonderful and poignant one as well. Zoe came in to talk to me about the five baby losses that she's experienced. Her work was saying goodbye and of course she has a new book coming out as well, The Baby Loss Guide, which we'll give more details at the end. Here she is. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with Zoe Clark-Coates, who is the CEO of the Mariposa Trust, but also an author, a TV host, a government advisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that everything? Did yeah. I get that all right? Yeah, um, <laughs> People might know you as well, um, if they don't know the Mariposa Trust, from saying goodbye. So saying goodbye is part... Of the Mariposa Trust. And Mariposa Trust is a charity. Yes. So Mariposa Trust or Mariposa International um, is the primary charity. And then we have got many different divisions. Saying goodbye is the leading division for offering all support for anyone who loses a baby. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when did you set up? The charity. The charity, yeah. About six and a half years ago now. Oh, okay, so not so it's still quite recent, really. Really recent. Wow. Um, we became one of the leading charities within six weeks. So we Do you weren't. Think there was a massive gap. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I think because we were supporting everybody, whatever stage of loss, whether it be early in miscarriage, right. stillbirth, or right the way up to four years of age, um, we filled this gap of offering equal support and for both men and women, and whether the loss was recent or historic. So we support as many people who have lost babies six years ago is wow. people who have lost babies last week. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, when when something really kicks off, it's often because it was not there. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, oh my God, yes, we need someone to talk to. For sure. Um, so what inspired you to start the Mariposa Trust? What was it within your story personally? Yeah, well, sadly, we lost five babies ourselves. <gasps> wow. Yeah, so we lost three babies before we went on to have our daughter, who's now 10, and oh. then we lost another two babies before having our next little girl, who is now seven. Wow. So we'd been through it, and we... Did you lose them at different stages? Or? Yeah, we did, and our first loss was a miscarriage. Mm. Our second loss was a missed miscarriage, so we'd been going for loads of scans. Everything had been fine. We'd oh. seen our little girl developing away. <gasps> And then one day we went for a scan and her heart had just stopped beating. And there was no reason given to us. It was just one of those things. How many weeks were you then? We don't really talk about the stage of loss. And Mm. that was deliberate because so many people write off losses as in being a medical incident. And we were really passionate Mm. specifically when we launched the charity but still are today the fact that all loss matters however early or late so we never go into gestation really just because it's that message for other people that your baby matters whatever point you lose yeah 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 I suppose that's my obsession with linear narrative I like to know where like like where you would have been kind of thing in the chain but you're right and I think that's really I've seen that on some of your publicity. It's really interesting. Like, it doesn't Mm. matter if it was, you know, just one pregnancy test. You were pregnant. You were a mother. Absolutely. The moment you see those lines on the pregnancy Mm. test, that's where all your dreams and hopes start. And you start thinking about names and what they're going to look like, etc. And so... 
for me, it's really important to hammer that home to everybody. The fact that a baby is a baby. And yeah. if you're grieving, you're grieving. And you don't deserve to have longer to grieve if it's a certain gestation than No, another. and we've talked about that so much on the show of like the hierarchy of grief. Mm-hmm. And um, Anna Whitehouse, <laughs> yeah. mother pucker. Um, so she did an episode and, and we were talking about that on hers of how, you know, it doesn't matter. I've had people be... I think maybe more bereft from the loss of a grandparent than perhaps I have been from a parent. Like it, it doesn't matter what situation it is. It's just how you feel. Absolutely. And I, I think that must be really important because I guess, do you have um, people who feel like they're not allowed to grieve because it was only two weeks and ev- the rest of the world is telling them, oh, well, For these sure. things happen, you know. For sure. And I think the whole dialogue around loss is, well, one in four babies gets lost mm. in pregnancy. And while that's nice to know in terms of knowing you're not alone and you're not the only person it's happening to it's also devastating to know that so many people are going through that much loss but it's also I think become a way of writing off people's grief well yeah. one in, this happens to one in four so what can you expect and actually that doesn't help it just is a knife to the heart to mm. grieving parents when yeah it might be quite common but actually my world's just shattered yeah yeah and that's what we were talking about on Anna's episode because I, I remember when that statistic started being used mm-hmm. and I think the reason it's used is came from a good place of like normalizing it mm-hmm. it's common it happens we should be talking about it yeah. but then it the you know as ever there's um consequences to things and there's not some are negative some are positive and one of the consequences of that is that it becomes like oh, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost weird that you haven't had one. Like, yes. Well, okay, like, you're just bound to have one, so that's not talk. you know, it's just like having a stubbed uh, toe. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's just really weird that this loss gets written off in that way. And um, you would never think of saying to somebody who's got cancer, for instance, yeah. where it's one in three or one in four, well, well, what do you expect? One in three people get it. Yeah, yeah, but actually, yeah. when it comes to baby loss, that's said to parents all the time. Although I, from the cat, People do say that. <laughs> people do say it's people cancer. They do, yeah, it's quite weird. It's funny with statistics, isn't it? Because um, they can be so helpful and so harmful. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important. It's important to have them. It's just how you, you use them. For example, when I, my dad died of pancreatic cancer, I thought it was a very strange, rare disease. And I felt quite isolated by yeah. that. And then as I did this show and I got in touch with PCRF and PCUK and they started telling me, no, like it's the fifth biggest cancer yeah. killer and it's actually quite common and that weirdly made me feel like oh he didn't have this very strange thing I was very I'm actually quite mm-hmm. normal so it was, that was an example of like really great yes. use of statistic yeah, guys yeah. but like yeah I can understand that if you know you've lost a baby early inverted commas early yeah then and so just I think ever being told to get over something is is just not you if you feel sad you feel sad that's the end of the conversation for sure and when you're going through baby loss as well you're you're grieving the fact that will I ever end up with yeah. a baby in my arms too because you never know whether you're going I know, to and you've got to start the process all over again yeah and, just... and, it, and it just because you've been able to conceive once doesn't mean you'll be able to conceive <laughs> yeah. again so you're constantly grieving that as well yeah. um for for us losing three before having a child to raise that was just truly devastating in thinking maybe we'll never be parents yeah. in a way that our friends were parents. Maybe we won't have a child to celebrate Christmas with, etc. And so you're grieving all of that at the same time as grieving the children you've lost. It must have been so hard after you, well, the whole thing must be hard. But after you had your first daughter and then to have 
two yeah. two, lo- two losses again. That must have felt very like, oh God, here we go again. Yeah, you know, and ironically, after having our daughter Esme, I just presumed we wouldn't go through loss again, mm. even though we'd lost three before her. Wow, it was yeah. like now we've bought one home. Yeah, our done. history we, with loss is done. Yeah, yeah, we know what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah, and so nothing's going to happen again. So when. It happened all over again. The trap door opened and we fell yet again. Nothing could have prepared us for it. And it was exactly the same as with our little girl Darcy. This loss was. Um, It was a little boy, Samuel. And again, we'd been going for multiple scans. Everything had been going great. We'd been watching him growing. And then again, we were told his heart had stopped. And um, yeah, back to square one yet again, but with a little girl watching on. Yeah. And... um, that was the first time I decided to go into surgery, actually. All of the other losses I'd delivered or had natural miscarriage. Um, but for that loss, we decided we needed to go into theatre just so she didn't witness um, as much trauma, if you like. Wow. Mm. So the first three, you either delivered or had natural yeah. miscarriage? Yeah, yeah. And for me, that was just a natural choice. I didn't yeah. want to go into a hospital setting. Mm. I wanted to be in control somewhat. But we were not given any information. I had no idea when wow. I agreed to do it what I was agreeing to do. Really? And with Darcy, I was in for a full 24-hour of labour um, to deliver her. And I was not given any information. And that is one of the other areas of loss that's so terrifying mm. is the fact that you're not given any information you're sort of sent out off in your own and just told good luck yeah um i think as well we have this because we use it's the language isn't it like we say oh you know oh she lost she lost a baby yeah. or they had a they had a miscarriage like and if you don't know you just sort of think oh i guess the pregnancy went away like yeah. you don't you don't know the ins and outs of it i think it's i mean especially if you've never had a period it must be like yeah. well i don't know if you even if you've had if you're someone who has periods, you must think, well, the what is the old sort of um, description? is like, oh, it's a heavy period. It's yes. like having a really heavy period. And the women I've spoken to who've been through it have gone, no, it's not like no. it's not like no. Because it's labour. It's labour. It's labour and delivery. And God, that is just... And so when it just gets written off as yeah. a, a medical incident or as a heavy period, that's really demeaning to the people who are going through it. And it's so to, traumatic. It is truly traumatic. So are you just at home? You can either be in hospital or you yeah. can go through all of this at home in isolation with no information. Oh, so you, they say if you bleed too much, come into well, hospital. What's too much? But what's too knows? much? Yeah. Exactly. You're, it's a, a million unknowns. And that yeah. just adds to the terror of it. So you're grieving what you're losing, but you're also scared to death the whole time yourself yeah. thinking, am I about to die here? Yeah. Because you have no idea how much blood is too much, how much pain is too much, etc. There's all of these unknown questions, which is one of the reasons that we launched the charity was to be able to give people information as well as support and make people feel somewhat in control of a very uncontrollable situation. Yeah, my God. I mean, it's the least that you'd hope is that you'd have Mm. some information. Where is that coming from, that lack of information? Is it lack of resources or is it just the way it's been talked about for years and years and years is like, oh, well, go home and come back in two days and don't tell anyone about it? I think it's a combination of everything. Mm. I think in terms of society, I think the 12-week rule has actually been a terrible thing for women Mm. because the 12-week rule tells you don't tell anybody you're pregnant until after that first scan just in case you lose which is actually 
uh, not so subtle message of saying don't tell anybody if you lose a baby. Yeah, it's so funny, it keeps it? people in silence and yeah. it gives people almost a shame of talking about it. And the amount of people I say, oh, I hear say I shouldn't be telling you I'm pregnant because yeah, I haven't had my scan yet. Yeah. You're like, no, actually, you can. You have you the freedom to tell yeah. people at any stage you want. But I think that's given society this not talking about it. And then in terms of medical resources, lack of resources definitely plays a part. Lack of time. Mm. The fact that because loss is sadly so common, there's a lot of people going through the system who are going through the same thing. And there isn't the support available often within the NHS in terms of time to sit down with people. You're so right. It's it's time. And as we know, because they're under, you know, under resourced and under staff, they don't have the time to spend with everybody because there are so many people. That 12 week thing is fascinating. I didn't tell anyone until past the 12 weeks. And as someone with quite bad anxiety, I found it very relieving once I got past the 12 mm-hmm. weeks. It, it gave me a fake, it's going to be sort of yes. okay. It gave me something just to calm my nerves. But I remember someone emailing me about it. We've spoken about it on the show before. And they were like, oh, you shouldn't say, you should just say when you want to. And it's difficult because I was like, oh, I found it, it gave me a, a fake control, mm-hmm. definitely a fake control that made me just feel like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to tell you till 12 weeks because in case something happens and then I feel a bit more somehow in control of it. Absolutely. And it tells you the fact that loss shouldn't be discussed. Grief shouldn't Mm. be discussed. Like there's no point telling anyone because, well, it might happen. So, But actually it's so hard to tell people the fact that you've gone through loss if they didn't know you were pregnant. Yeah, oh God, yeah, of course. One of our big campaigns is just tell it. Just tell your news, get it out there because... If the worst case happens, you need those people to rally around you. You need support. And just like I just said, it's hard to tell people you've lost if they didn't know you were pregnant. I know I found it very hard. And so after going through loss, I told people straight away so people could rally around us. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, 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 I mean, I think the key is like do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to wait, wait. And I, I found it very helpful to me because not not just for anxiety, but it gave me it gave me 12 weeks to get my head around it. Yeah. So that's what I quite like, that by the time I was telling people, I was very yeah, okay. I was like, yeah. I know what I'm doing. So yeah. when people were like, oh my God, I was like, don't worry, I'm okay. Because <laughs> I think if I'd done it at two weeks, but then that's still... I still felt isolated. I had to get my head around it by myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to. I felt like that was what was expected of me yeah. was like go away for 12 weeks in yeah. a cave yeah. <laughs> decide what the hell you're doing with your life yeah. then come back when you can present yourself to society so yeah. you're right it, it, it's a weird connotation isn't it and obviously you get things after 12 weeks as well of course you do I you mean know. so much loss I mean obviously the majority is happening before the yeah, 12 week yeah. period but there's still a huge amount of loss after 250,000 losses mm. every year oh. in Britain and so 700 babies will be lost today. That's wow. a huge amount that of people suffering, often in silence. And just feeling that they can't talk about it because it's normal, it's common. What you like, yeah. It's like, I've got a cold. Yeah, great. And told not to talk about it. It's weird though, isn't it? Because when you go, people say, I've got a cold. People say, I feel awful, I've got a cold, I'm very ill. Even though you'd be like, you, but if someone said that, your friend said that to you, you wouldn't be like, everyone gets cold, why are you telling? You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry to hear those. <laughs> Okay, you know, I'm glad. Also, you can't work today, so you needed to yeah. tell me. And your your brain is a bit slow. And you know, if you're if you're pregnant, it doesn't mean your brain's slow. But like, if you're pregnant, you're going through something. And if you've lost yeah. the baby, then yeah, stuff needs to change. I I think 
sometimes I think about grief and death, sometimes, all the time. Um, the problem is what needs to change is so huge that I think society goes, oh, God, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because when you say 700 babies, you're like, yeah, so today those people those parents will need more support and I think sometimes the world or society or industry business goes oh and it's a bit like flexible working or you know this allowing parents to be people yeah um can seem very overwhelming like oh how would we do that but it's actually like we just have to we just have to find a way and we're scared about being touched by it ourselves oh god yeah just like with cancer which we've just touched on it's the same thing isn't it people don't want to talk about things that they're fearful of and they do i do think people feel like it's catching yeah like there's something about it that if i keep it away from me then i won't get it yeah and i know it's such an irrational fear but i completely understand it and when i've talked about my experiences of death or cancer when people have, have both their parents i know i can see sometimes they're like oh god get away oh god do you have that? Do you find some people like, oh, God, please don't talk to me about your charity? Wow. Actually, we always get a good response. But good. I was very scared about that. And I yeah. was scared about being defined as the woman who'd lost babies. Yeah. Especially when we're such spokespeople in this field now. The fact that I'd be kind of defined by it. But now I realise that's just something that your inner voice says to you yeah. to keep you quiet. Because actually, people don't feel like that at all. They look at you as somebody who's overcome stuff and yeah. is strong to be able to talk about it so they don't look at you with pity but I definitely worried about that and Mm. I was really scared that I would be put into this box of that's who you are as a person and actually I realized the only people that can put you in that box is yourself oh definitely I mean I've you know the girl whose dad died is pretty much how I (laughs) (laughs) um and I think you're right it but I guess well my interpretation of it is like well I am yeah I mean doesn't it's not it's not who you are. It's, 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 yeah, but it's, it's not all who I am. It's no. definitely a, a massive part. I think for me, I spent years being like, I'm not, I'm not the girl who said I'm not. I'm yeah. absolutely not. It's nothing to do with me. It has no consequence. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, it's huge. It's the ma- biggest thing that ever happened to me. It's a massive part of my life. Yeah. And it's something that shaped you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I suppose it's similar, like, with the losses, you know, when, when you have a child and you go through that, you know, people say, oh, your life has changed and all these things. Mm-hmm. So when you've lost a child, it, your life has changed. It is completely changed. Yeah. It's completely changed. And my life is completely different today than it was pre-losing children. Yeah, of course. But what is amazing to me is that I'm happier today than mm. I was before losing children yeah. because I've embraced life so much more. Yeah. I always say it's like I saw the world in black and white before and now I see it in colour yeah. because I everything is more real and more vibrant and I never take anything for granted. And I think that's part of being aware of this trapdoor that can open at any point yeah, and your life yeah. can change in an instant that you just don't let things slip by anymore that you embrace it all Mm. with that also comes a fear of course the fact that you've also been aware that the world can change in an instant so you've got both sides of that when you're aware that that sliding door moment can happen and life will never be the same again it definitely does spark a fear in you oh well, as well talk about on the show all the time of death anxiety Mm -hmm. and you know i have it massively because yeah. my dad died quite suddenly yeah. so now I know <laughs> yeah that can happen of course so and I guess especially with loss of children you must have very like 
you know it can happen. Yeah. But you're right. I I really agree with that statement of like it's like black and white then colour. Although I sometimes think it's a bit like Technicolor. Like sometimes it's like, whoa, it's bright. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is bright. So everything is very heightened, which yes. is you do appreciate things, but also, yeah, it does everything's turned up slightly because you can really see it. Yeah. And perhaps before like these doors that you don't need to open until you've wanted children or got pregnant and like why why do you need to think about it you don't it's not in your world and it doesn't affect your worries but once you've gone through that door of I want a child and I want a family and they're not being able to what do you think about the control thing because I think the thing that I think is quite interesting is we have so much control in our lives Mm -hmm. especially now and you know you can present whatever you want online which is a bigger world as it is in real life you know they are very equal but when you do lose a baby there's no there's no control is there There isn't. there's no like you said the heart just stopped beating there was no reason for it and that's so scary yeah and to know as a mother you couldn't do anything to save your child and you're going through all of these things is it something I've done and the doctors are saying it's nothing you've done but actually you just want to find a reason and Mm. that's why so many people end up blaming themselves partly because it's a way of almost being in control of it still if you can actually identify something and say this is why it happened you can actually prevent it happening again but as soon as you're told there is nothing that you did actually that means you can't do anything next time to stop it happening so it's really hard to know that we have so little control over these massive massive life events and how do you resolve that? How do you resolve that lack of control? I don't think you, you do. Don't, you don't. I think you just take a deep breath and yeah. move forward. Yeah. And that's what's so scary, isn't it? The fact that we almost need to do that on most things in life. Yeah. But actually, when you've seen so much loss and death, it makes you cautious about taking a step forward. Mm. And that's part of what we do as a charity is help people move forward in that because it's so scary to do it alone. And we're not going to be able to remove that fear from them because we can't promise them that everything will always be okay in the future. If we did, we'd be lying. All we can say is we have no idea what the next step is going to look like for you, but we'll walk it with you. I think that's all you can do, isn't Mm -hmm. it, when it comes to assisting people is, like you said, you, you can't fix it no you can't offer a solution no but you can just say i'll stand next to you yeah and that lack of control i mean obviously that you know i don't want to compare it's just they're hugely different situations but obviously i can only speak from my experience yeah. um you know my dad was a very well person he was very yeah. healthy and then he got cancer and died very suddenly and that was a huge thing for me was like but how but why like but why how yeah. can that happen and it's taken such a long time to go, it just did. Yeah. Because that is fucking terrifying. Yeah. If that if it just did, then anybody can die and anything can happen. Oh, I know. You know. And you don't want to believe that. No. And I think that's why people are scared of talking about grief as well. Yeah. Is because if it happened to you, it might happen to me. Yeah. If you just lost your dad suddenly, then maybe I could. Yeah. And you're making them almost address things that they'd never want to look at. No, nobody wants to look at these things no. at all. And, but it's part of the circle of life. Mm. And the more comfortable we get talking about it, the more we can support one another. Yeah, that's so true. Where we say it takes a village to actually get through stuff. There's nothing more true than that when it comes to death that we need those around us to be with us to support us to not make it better Mm. but just to make us feel less lonely because it's such an isolating experience it's so isolating all grief is so isolating and I think I say this a lot on interviews as well but it's like it's interesting because it's the one thing that's guaranteed it's guaranteed that people are going to die it's guaranteed that one will die you Mm -hmm. will die (laughs) 
Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> Make you feel bad this morning. It's guaranteed, Zoe. Pass me the tissues. I will die, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's such a weird thing because we can't think that every day, otherwise we wouldn't survive. Like, that's why we mm. don't. That's why part of our brain to survive goes, you don't need to think that today. Mm. If we were, you know, I'm always saying this, and I'm not an anthropologist, mm-hmm. but like, you know, millions of years ago, we needed to survive mm-hmm. because we knew we were going to die. So I think that part of our brain that goes, right, just don't think about it. It's really useful and important, yeah. but we've like squashed it so much that now we're like, what do you mean I'm going to die? It's like, I mean, it's the only thing I can guarantee of everybody. Yeah. I can't guarantee anybody happiness or, you know, sadness or joy or, or wealth, anything, but I can guarantee you will die. Yeah. And yet here we all are going, what? I know. <laughs> what? What I just know. happened? It's so true. And like you said, we're just not practiced at talking about it. No. Which is, I do understand. I totally understand, you know, it's not wanting to feel pain. And I think, again, we're empathetic animals. So when someone says, oh, I lost those babies, you know, you feel like, oh, I feel for you. I feel yeah. that pain. And I think pe- some people just don't like that. <laughs> they don't. don't. Like they it. don't want to go there. No. And that's really hard. But it's even hard when you're trained to deal with it. I mean, oh, I trained yeah. as a counsellor oh, fully prior yeah. to going through any loss. My mum's a therapist, so wow. that was my natural leaning. So I trained as myself, not intending to use it professionally. I just did wow. it as a hobby almost, even though that was where my um, training and background was. And nothing, even that, didn't prepare me for going yeah. through baby loss because actually when you're walking through it, you forget everything you've ever been taught (laughs) and you're just sitting there staring at the wall and you want somebody to stare at the wall with you. You don't really need anything more in those initial stages than somebody just to go, you're going to survive this, you're going to survive this Mm. because you're really doubting whether you can get out of bed the next day. That's it, isn't it? You need someone to remind you. Mm -hmm. You somehow will get through this. And that's it. I talk about this episode a lot, but Kaylee Llewellyn's episode, because... She lost six members of her family. Yeah, I've year. listened to that. Yeah. yeah. And then when she said that her best friend just came and stared at the wall yeah. with her. And that still for me is like when people go, What can I do? You're like, just go and sit next to someone and for stare sure. at the wall with them. Like, that is it. So, what does the Mariposa Trust do then? So, it supports the families. Yeah. Do you offer advice as well? Like, what different yeah. aspects are you? So, we've got lots of different divisions. Yeah, Saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. <laughs> yeah. So, the support reaches over 50,000 people a week. Wow which just shows you the scale of loss, really. Saying Goodbye offers befriending national services of remembrance that we hold at cathedrals all around the world. Yeah, talk about this, because I've heard about this, and I think it's beautiful. So the services are for people who have either had a funeral or not had a funeral, But there are times for people to come together to say, my baby mattered and I've got the right to mourn and I'm going to stand alongside others that have gone through it. So again people of every generation come so we have people who are in their 90s who are standing next to people in their 20s who have all gone through loss who are visibly grieving and it just shows you the fact that loss and grief journeys with you it's not something that can just be parked or forgotten it's something that changes you and you then learn to live with it and these services are beautiful are they in churches or always at cathedrals apart from in London which happens at Westminster Central Hall they happen at cathedrals all around the world and they're just beautiful we do something unique to saying goodbye services which is handbell ringing as well so the handbells go around the venue and people get to ring a bell for every baby they've lost so you hear these chimes all over the cathedral ringing and you know that those babies are being given almost a voice and parents stand together ringing those bells and sometimes with their, the children because the services of the whole family and it's just so beautiful mm-hmm. 
Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. I think that's really interesting about the the voice, like because it must feel silent. Yeah. Because you're being asked to be silent. Yeah. And then that child never got to speak. Yeah. So there's something about like the lack of noise, which again, like as animals, you feel like, no, they they did exist despite yeah. their silence. And that's the hard bit about losing babies. You mm. end up not just having space to grieve, you end up becoming a campaigner to say my baby mattered and my baby existed. Yeah. Because yeah. the world's saying that they didn't exist if they didn't meet them. Because if they died in utero, then yeah. they didn't exist in a lot of people's minds. And so you end up saying, no, my baby mattered and campaigning for that, Mm. which actually can really hamper the grieving experience. Because while you're having to scream about somebody's worth or value, it's very hard to be able to be allowed that space to just fully grieve and say my baby mattered and you see that my baby mattered as well as me and that's really healing yeah there's I haven't actually read the book yet but I know that Feathering the Empty Nest and Elle and um, it's called Ask Me His Name yeah which when I saw that title obviously Elle experienced baby loss and I just thought wow yeah it's that fucking simple isn't it it is because and it's an odd thing to compare and it's only because it's again sorry apologies it's anything I can compare it to but if I had to campaign to get you to validate my father before I could talk about mm-hmm. him, and if you didn't even ask me his name, you know, I would feel mad. I'd yeah. feel mad. I'd feel really like, I'm so upset he's dead, but I also have to be like, no, he really, he mattered. Like, yeah. he was important to me. And like, he was 50%, I'm 50% of his genetic properties <laughs> are from me, guys. So I think that's why it's important. Like, I can't imagine... It must be so fucking hard it for is. people just when people go, oh dear, oh well, the, you know, these things yeah. happen. Go like, try again. Try again. Well, that's mm-hmm. it. Keep going. You never know. I knew someone who, I bet you must get that. Oh my goodness. I knew someone who tried for years and years, years and then suddenly, like, yeah. 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 And you go, well, that's nice for them. That's great. Oh, thanks. Thanks Matt, for that. It's saying people who go, I knew someone that had cancer and they got better. You're like, great. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm really glad for them. Yeah. <laughs> so pleased they're alive. It didn't happen that way. Yeah. To, to have that, like you said, that, um, 
to have to validate something it must completely fuck up the grieving. It does. Not and fuck it up, but like yeah, make it hard. It, it absolutely does. It can put people in a in such a state of shame. Yeah. The fact that they're grieving for something that everybody else around them doesn't think that they should be yeah, grieving for. Yeah, you must for. feel like it's bad enough for grief anyway. You do you feel like you're making a fuss. Yeah. And, you know, 20 years down the line, I feel like I'm making a fuss. And, you know, I got upset the other day about something and I thought, God, I can't really have still this upset. And then it goes and you feel okay. Yeah. But I can't imagine, yeah, the shame you must then go, oh, this is so stupid. Why do I feel like this? They didn't matter. They were just, you know, but if it mattered to you, it mattered to you. Absolutely. That's the end of it. So true. And I think that's why the charity became so huge, really, yeah, yeah. because people were using our words to express their pain so they were all sharing our posts etc because they couldn't necessarily find the words because as you know British people in general are very crap when dealing with grief and we're not taught the language of grief we're taught the language of joy and how to express gratitude etc but when it comes to grief we're just not taught that the words surrounding it and how to express that pain and then add on when you do find the words those around you tell you to stop talking about it and get over it and move on and aren't you over it yet and um, as soon as you get that on top of not knowing the language that's where you become locked away and not feeling you're able to to process through it and you've got to be able to talk about it that's how the grief actually gets processed it's Mm. how the brain comes to terms with loss is by conversation it's by talking it's by listening to things like this and going right I'm not alone I'm not going mad I'm not crazy and as soon as we start that dialogue and open that platform that's when suddenly people get freedom yeah and I have to say doing this show I can't believe how much I process myself, Mm -hmm. my own grief, which I would have said two years ago, whatever it was, I would have been like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. And just, you have to talk a lot. I don't think people realise it. You've got to talk a lot. There's hours and hours to process what someone meant to you and whether they were, you know, two weeks in utero or... 44 yeah they can have meant something to you for sure and having that validation is part of that whether that be Mm. through conversation or through the government that's one of the areas why I'm a government advisor and I'm currently co-chairing the national review on this subject on saying how can we better care across the NHS and beyond and also looking at the new national loss certificate we campaigned for this a few years ago now yeah yeah so we bought a bill to the House of Lords with Baroness Floella Benjamin. Oh, I love that woman. She is amazing. She's amazing. She is awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're working with her through the House of Lords to bring in a new national loss certificate. That's for anybody who's lost a baby prior to 24 weeks that they get a certificate. At the moment, you get nothing. Unless your baby's born after 24 weeks, your don't baby, get anything. you don't get anything. There's no birth or death certificate. There's no stillbirth certificate. Nothing. It's like the baby didn't exist at all. That's really bizarre. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, nothing. And so we're wow. campaigning for that to happen. Separately from that, then I got appointed to co-chair this national review, which is then looking at bringing in a new national loss certificate. So I'm really hoping that we can make this happen really quickly. But that's part of validating Mm. a parent's grief and saying their baby existed. So it's not almost a figment of their imagination. And to just have a piece of paper that said, my baby existed, they died on that date, means a lot to yeah, parents when yeah. you're given nothing. There's nothing in your family tree. There's nothing at all. And this is the same if people have twins. The amount of people we support who have actually got to maybe 22 
23 weeks of pregnancy um, with twins, they sadly go into labour. One baby takes a breath, so they get given a stillbirth certificate because they breathed, and the other baby didn't take a breath, so they get nothing. So then they go down as a singleton oh child God. forevermore in the register. It's like the, the other baby didn't even exist. It's mad. Sorry, that's absolutely mad. I yeah. don't know what to say. I'm so shocked. Yeah, so they have to go to the registry office and register one baby and the other baby doesn't even count because it didn't breathe. That must be heartbreaking. It is. And the amount of parents who say, I'd rather not register either no, of them. No, no, they're fine. Don't but make it, me But it's the do law. This. You don't have yeah. a choice. So you have to register the one that took a breath. You have to. It's the law. Wow. But for parents, when you know that they grew together, they were there together. Yeah, but well they, well they both they yeah. just were there. That's a fact. But, That's the fact. There were two lives in there. But in terms of documentation, only one exists. Wow. And then I suppose that that sort of harbours again this sense of shame and and guilt and secrecy, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Because imagine if you're researching a family tree and you don't know, then it becomes like, why don't we know what happened? Like, what is it no one wanted to talk about? Because that's when you don't talk about something, it's because there's something shameful about it rather than like, well, I wasn't given anything. I know. That's right. So after 24 weeks, do you get a a, a still So after 24 weeks, if... Well, at any point, if your baby's born breathing, mm. you get a birth and death certificate. Right, okay. So if they breathe even for a while, you get a birth and death certificate because they're classed as living. Yeah. If they are born still without breathing at all, after 24 weeks, they get a stillbirth certificate. Right. But anything before 24 weeks, unless nothing. they're born breathing, you get nothing. Wow. That yeah. is, I mean, I know it's complicated. I get it. It's a complicated system. I get that it's not... An easy system to um, you know make laws for, but yeah. yeah, that is that is tough. So hard, it's, it's so hard, hard when all you want is a piece of paper to say my baby existed. Yeah, for, for their brothers and sisters as well. If you're blessed to have other children, mm. you want to know that their sibling existed. Yeah. So our last baby we lost was our daughter's twin. Wow. So, but she doesn't exist at all on paper. She, you know. She only exists on my medical records, not even on my husband's medical records. Um, oh my god! Yeah. So she was a twin, and then she. So died she was in a twin. Utero. She died in utero. Yeah, but because wow. she wasn't born after twenty-four weeks, she doesn't get a stillbirth certificate because she wasn't born breathing. <laughs> she doesn't get anything. Wow. Yeah, I suppose it comes from. I mean, laws are tricky, and when you're making law, it always feels like laws have been made by completely unemotionally. Yeah, they want to just say my baby existed, and here's the piece of paper that even shows they were here at all. Yeah. Because whether they could be seen or not, they were growing. They wow. still grace the earth, and we should acknowledge them as such. Yeah. Just in England, it's tied to viability. Yeah. The 24 week. In other countries, it's not. So it's a lower term than 24 yeah. weeks, but. Here in the UK, it is tied, and so that's been set at 24 weeks. It used to be a uh, higher age, and then it got reduced. So in time, it might get reduced again yeah. because babies are surviving at a younger and younger gestation. But for parents, that is a big deal, that 24-week, mm. because it means if you lose your baby at 23 weeks... You don't get the stillbirth certificate, which means you don't get any entitlement to anything. You don't get bereavement leave. You don't get maternity rights. So your baby could be 23 weeks and five days. And you've just, in terms of the law, you can be made to go back to work the week after. I mean, 
It's insane, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. And again, that's what I mean. Like, I can see people going, well, how can we change? How can we be different? You're like, you're just going to have to accept that some people can't go back to work. Like, yeah. That's how it's going to have to be. That's yeah. how we are good people. And we look yeah. after each other. And you know what? Some less money might get made that day, but that might be okay, guys. Sorry, I can't yeah. get on my liberal <laughs> high horse. It's just so... I mean, so I guess what happened to you? Did you have? Did you feel like after those five experiences yeah. did you just think oh my god this has to change like what made you go yeah I cannot believe how unsupported I've been or that no one helped me or that I don't yeah. have a certificate yeah well we were told by our consultant don't even go looking for support because wow. there's nothing great out there <laughs> great that's helpful yeah, so that but <laughs> it, at least it meant we didn't go and get any bad support okay, I guess yeah. and we were really blessed in the fact that my mum's a therapist anyway yep, so yeah. she instantly came around and was out shoulder to cry on and me and my husband are soulmates and that really helped we were just able to really talk openly and that meant we grieved at the same rate which Mm. is really helpful because around 70% of relationships break down after baby loss it's one of the number one leading causes of marriage breakdown so you're hearing all these stats all the time as well which is very helpful when you're going through it (laughs) Um, oh my god thanks guys I know you're just like okay just give me some good news yeah yeah I mean this is why I do this podcast like I just wanted something there that wasn't there when I when it happened to me so I just I wonder if that's what happened you just thought well I would have liked this I would have liked a ceremony I could have gone to absolutely and that was the formation of why we started the charity for sure so we were told there was no support out there so we knew we wanted to do something and as soon as our daughter um, Bronte was six months that's when we said right what do we want it to look Mm. like I'm a big believer in anything you go through can be turned around for the good not that there's a silver lining in everything because I don't believe that but I do believe the fact that when you've been through something you're the best equipped um, at helping others Um, so I knew we wanted to do something so we looked at all the things we needed we knew we needed support we knew we wanted a service to attend because we didn't hold funerals for our children Mm. and we regretted that and we knew lots of other people would regret that and so we wanted to offer people this safe place to come together and to be able to publicly mourn and grieve Mm. because if you don't have a funeral that can really hamper the grieving process because actually this ritualistic ceremony Mm. plays a crucial part in helping us grieve because it says you're not alone it says this person mattered and so we wanted to give every parent that opportunity to say my baby mattered and this is their funeral if you like or Mm. if they've had a funeral this is my time to remember them and that was why we picked cathedrals because they're beautiful royal majestic buildings that said these babies are so important Mm. normally royal events and big state events happen in cathedrals and we said that's what your baby deserves Mm. so that's why we pick the cathedrals Um, but also we do national befriending so we connect people with people who have been through the same thing we offer resources we do campaigning and they were a gradual progression so we started offering a few things and then it grew and grew and grew campaigning was never meant to be part of what we did to be fair but quickly within weeks of launching, we realised that a lot of the trauma people were going through could actually be prevented by having better care, by having acknowledgement, Mm. by giving them a platform to talk. And so we realised campaigning needed to become a fundamental thing that we did do so we could change some of the atrocities that were happening Mm. in the care system. Well, it's just incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think hats off to you <laughs> because I do <laughs> I just you. think after suffering you know five of those 
losses, I think a lot of people would just felt like, fuck it, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I've had enough. I just want to go into a cave. And and I think to turn that into something positive is like, it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength. And it must be, it must, well, I'm assuming it must be hard, you know, when people come to you with their story to not get back into your own sometimes I definitely have that like oh shall I say that's where being a trained counsellor really oh, yeah. helps See, I've got no training yeah, Zoe no training that's where it helps <laughs> because you're taught not to put yourself into their yeah, shoes and yeah. that's one of the key things through training in therapy that you're taught that if whatever story you hear don't put yourself in their shoes because you're not in their shoes mm. even if they're going through exactly the same Great. thing I definitely need that advice yeah. thank you <laughs> so I never say what if that was me yeah. oh my goodness how would I cope because that's not me that's them wow. they didn't have to walk in my shoes I don't yeah. have to walk in theirs so my job is to empathise with them and support them but not to carry their pain because yeah. that's their pain to carry. It's almost like you're the perfect person to do that job. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say that my life makes perfect sense in reverse. Yeah, it's yeah. all of these jigsaw pieces that when I was doing it, I thought I was doing it for fun. Actually, it's now a fundamental part of everything I yeah. do, that training and helping people. But I didn't do it for that reason initially. I did it yeah. because I knew I was going to be good at it because my mum was good at it. I'd seen her do it and I knew I had the same skills as her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really helps where I'm speaking to obviously hundreds of people yeah, a day who have gone through baby loss. And if I couldn't stand back and support with an empathetic hand rather than mm. putting myself into their shoes, yeah, I would not be able to do this every single day, yeah, yeah. day after day without burning out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was some good training for me. Yeah. Just there, so that's good because I've not didn't do the counselling training. Um, but it's a hard skill to learn, and it's yeah. only something you can get, I think, through training. It's not something you would automatically oh, yeah. do because it's especially if you're a really compassionate, empathetic person. It's very hard not to think, "Oh my goodness, that's awful. How would I cope well, with it's that funny. situation?" When you said that, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting," because like. My job as an actor is to think, what would I do? Yes. Like, so I was like... <laughs> and it's the exact opposite. Yeah, these, like, as an actor, your your entire training and job is to go, how would I feel if that yeah. happened to me? What would my face do? Yeah. I would do this. So I was like, oh, no, yeah, that explains it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the flip I've been, side of I've that. been trained the other way. Yeah. Um, so the Maripose Trust is the main thing, and then there's yeah. saying goodbye. If people want to help you, how yeah. can they do that? Just get in touch with us, yeah. for sure. We're always looking for befrienders, yeah. fundraisers and people to get involved who just want to add their voice mm. to this big issue because the more people that talk about it, not only are we better equipped then to help people because we'll never have enough people mm. to work on yeah, team. We've yeah. got hundreds of people that work with us, but actually we could do with thousands of people who work with us. But also it's about awareness. It's about... You don't have to volunteer your time if you haven't got any. If you can afford a few pounds a week to donate, as all charities Five, were always ten, looking for that. Yeah, 20, whatever you've got, guys. <laughs> it's all great. However, if you are only able to share our posts, to share our work, mm. to talk about what we're doing with anybody you know who's going through loss, yeah. that's all good because what we want is people to know they're not alone. And we want people not to need to hit Google, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's really easy now, isn't it, to say, well, people can just go and do the research and find out. But actually, when you're in the depth of grief, mm. the last thing you want to do is go searching for help. You want to know what help is yeah. available and it be offered on a plate because it's hard enough without having to go and find great support yeah. and great systems. And that's why I wrote my book. And my next book comes out soon just because 
I needed something that gave me all the answers in yeah. one place and I couldn't find it. Yeah, and also we had the amazing Lou Conran yes. on the show. Who, 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 who fundraises and yeah, works with us, yeah. Yeah, whose episode, if you haven't listened to, I'd, and is also about baby loss. And she speaks about it just with such honesty she and humour and is amazing. But um, yeah, you know, that was when I first became aware mm-hmm. of saying goodbye. And I think it's so, Im- this is the thing, if you don't talk about it, you don't know. And a funny thing happened that someone contacted me about one of their friends and they were like, she's just lost a baby, like, what What do I do? And I was able to go, oh, saying goodbye, yeah. saying goodbye because I'd spoken to Lou. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, I, I didn't have a clue. If you came to me for um, bereavement, I was yeah. like, I got, I got, I know, yeah. my, I know the children ones, I know yeah. the teenage ones. And I thought, wow, that's amazing that. I am able to go and, you know, and immediately she went to saying goodbye. And again, she was very like, oh, it's early. I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't need anything. But, you know, and it was, you know, you guys were very helpful and offered the support she needed. And I think, yeah, it doesn't have to be like eight years of counselling. Just to know there's a charity out there. You can read some stuff online and you can go, oh, I see. Okay, what I'm feeling is kind of normal. And that's really empowering for someone supporting as well. Because I think a lot of the fear of people bringing these subjects to our table is we don't know how to make them better yeah. and as we've discussed you can't make them better but actually if you just know where to guide people yeah. that actually makes you less fearful than talking about the subjects you can go right well if someone talks to me about baby loss yeah. I know where to shepherd them yeah. so I don't need to be scared of it because I can say have you heard about this sometimes we just need those keys to be able to hand yeah. people definitely and that's what happened in this situation I think yeah. everyone was like phew yeah <laughs> we can say go here and what advice would you give to somebody I think because if somebody's going through it they could they just need to talk to you mm-hmm. but for a friend who knows someone like yeah. what what advice would you say like to keep, talking, keep talking to keep the conversation open and don't be afraid to keep asking them how they are mm. and mentioning the situation by name if they've named their baby talk about their baby yeah. if they haven't say how are you going since you lost don't be afraid I think so many people are scared of re-traumatizing people yeah. and raising the subject that they don't go near it at all and that makes other people then think well they're thinking I've moved on and mm. so I shouldn't raise it with them and actually we need to just keep the conversation open and also really listen as well you don't need to have all of the answers just by saying, I'm always going to sit here. I'm always going to sit here with a box of tissues. Just come. You can tell yeah. me your story over and over again. If it's thousands of times, I'll sit here and listen. And just having somebody open up that space to do that makes the world of difference. I'll never forget one of my worst moments was after we'd lost Darcy and our first outing from the house was a friend's funeral and that I know and they were think royal level because they are kind of connected to that family and um, the lady had lost her husband and she hadn't got daughters and she treated me like her daughter so she wanted to take me around and introduce me to Mm. all of these people very posh people in this room and we were going from person to person she was going let me introduce you to Zoe and um, I was feeling very vulnerable very Mm. raw because I hadn't been out since losing Darcy and um, then I got that question that horrible question that every bereaved parent hates have you got any children Mm. and I stood there and I didn't know what to say because I hadn't been in that 
environment before of being asked such a question in sort of a public place. Yeah. I didn't want to deny I just lost her and she was obviously our second loss. I didn't want to say, yeah, I've just had a baby. So I was going through all of these things in my head and then I thought, I can't, I can't deny I've just lost her. I just can't. And um, so I said, oh, I've just... Um, lost my little girl and the person didn't hear me oh no I know I know you know where this is heading and so she went you've just had a daughter congratulations and said it so loud the whole room became silent and one by one everyone screamed congratulations at me congratulations congratulations this is the worst thing I know right from every part of the room they were screaming congratulations and so I just had to stand there and just went she died <laughs> because I just didn't know what to do. So then the whole room went silent. And then I spent the whole afternoon oh going round every single person at the funeral going, it's OK. Don't worry. It's OK. I'll be OK. I'll survive this. It's OK. Reassuring them. And I think... I'm covering my face as yeah. I do in these awful... Well, I just, I just can't... You honest, couldn't I'm, make it I'm putting right. myself in your shoes. I can't yeah. help it, Zoe. I'm just thinking that is just so bad. It's so mortifying. But part and of they that... they must have been mortified. You're mortified. Everybody's mortified. There's nothing... No, no fun here. There's no way of rescuing You're the situation. You're already at a funeral anyway. I know. Oh, and God. it's meant to be all about him. Yeah. The person who died. And yet, I'm then reassuring everybody. Yeah. And I think that's just so classically British, isn't yeah. it? The fact that we go around making sure everyone feels okay. Oh, don't worry. No, no, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I'm no, it's great. my fault. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't I sh- have said it. I should have denied she existed. I should have denied it, yeah. yeah. I should have just not brought it up. I can't <laughs> believe I did. I know, it's so hard. Uh, it? And then you just feel this horrible burden <clears throat> to make everyone feel better. Yeah. So I think if we can actually... <clears throat> when we're supporting those, reassure them the fact that they don't need to make us feel better. The fact that it's okay. You just tell me how you're feeling and even if that makes me cry, you don't need to rescue me because I will deal with that because you're the one in pain right now. You're the one suffering right now. And I think sometimes if we make that really clear, that almost takes away some of the fear on our shoulders as well Mm. because the amount of people who ask me weekly, what should I say? How can I say it? Um, I'm so scared of getting upset that I don't want to even broach the subject with them because what if I make them more upset by showing my emotion? (coughs) You won't make them more upset. They're already feeling that pain all they're gonna feel is okay they get it or or they really feel it with me and you're gonna release them to cry and as long as they don't feel they need to rescue you from your pain as you say remember you're the supporting actor you're not the lead yeah (laughs) it's the oscars baby so you just need to take your you know not every scene is going to be about you as long as your tears don't overtake the lead actress you're fine you're all good yeah and you just need to say you don't need to make me feel better i'm here to make you feel better and even if i cry that's okay don't feel guilty just carry on sharing because we just need that freedom because it can hurt to hear these stories and sometimes they're deeply traumatic sometimes they're scary sometimes you can't help but go there in your own head Mm. and go to a dark place and and that's okay and I'd always say don't be so afraid of messing up what you're going to say that you don't show up at all. Yeah. Just show up. Just, show Just up. be real. If you're nervous, say, I'm scared that I might burst into tears. So if I do... Please know it's just because I love you, mm. I care for you, I'm over-empathising with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and But you don't need to make me feel better, I'm here to make you feel better. And any bereaved person will go, that's fine, that's yeah. great, thank you for being willing to sit there. 
I think it's so important. And again, I think this comes from like this language we don't have to just say, I, I'm to say what's actually happening. Yeah. I think we feel we have to come in with this, you know, the Oscar worthy sentence. Yeah. This is the greatest thing you've ever heard about baby loss rather yeah. than going, I'm really worried I'm going to fuck this up. Yeah. I don't, and saying, I don't know what to say. So then someone can go, Oh, I don't think there is anything to say. And you go, Oh, okay. Like if you just start from a place of honesty. Yeah. And we've said this on the show so many times, n- not even about baby loss, but obviously it completely. It, it affects the same situation of you can't make it worse. You it can't. is already the worst. It's already as crap as it's, it's going to get. So you saying the wrong thing might upset them. But the reason if they, you know, and I've seen this when people are like, oh, so and so said this and that upset me. You're like, no, you upset your dad died. You upset your baby died. That's mm-hmm. what is upset. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe someone said the wrong thing and then you can blame them. And But really, you're not. You, they didn't make it worse. No. You're just upset. Yeah, it's just all utterly crap. Yeah. But there's also, I'd always say to everybody, also seek out any of the beautiful moments as yeah, well. Yeah. So if somebody's had a stillbirth, for instance... Ask them about the birth. Ask them about those beautiful moments. Say, what was it like holding your daughter for the first time? What was it like holding their hand? All of these things, because often when you've lost a baby, people don't want to even talk about the happy points, the beautiful moments. It's too painful. And so they only look at the trauma and the pain. But actually, there's so much beauty in there. I love talking about all of those months that I was pregnant with the babies I lost because they were beautiful moments. There were Mm. moments of celebration of joy where I was so excited for the future. And just because I lost those babies doesn't negate all that beauty. Yeah. It doesn't remove it. And I still want to talk about my pregnancy. I still want to talk about those moments after delivery. And I still want to talk about the love I have for those babies, even though they're no longer here. Mm. And I think it's really easy to just go, all baby loss is just pain. It's just all grief. It's all just trauma. But actually, it's not. You might not have all of those memories. For instance, if you've lost a parent or a grandparent, mm. etc., where you've got lots of happy moments to talk about. And do you remember this birthday? And do you remember yeah, that holiday? Yeah. You're sort of robbed of all those experiences when you lose at birth or um, pre-birth. However, there's still lots of beauty there. And there's still the scans. There's still the joyous moments. And so I'd always say, look for those, seek for those as well. And don't just write it all off as a painful experience I think that's an incredible thing to to remember mm-hmm. definitely because I think when things seem so tragic if you haven't experienced you do just think oh well there can be there can be yeah. no good here and so I'm just not going to ask I'm not going to say because obviously it's the worst thing that ever happened to them yeah. so let's hope they never talk about it because yeah. <laughs> they probably never want to remember it but actually you're so right to remember holding a baby or seeing them or holding their hand and being allowed to share that. Or feeling those kicks or feeling that yeah. or what the most exciting feelings when you found out you were pregnant. Tell me about that yeah. day. What was that like? And initially people might not be ready to look at that because that can mm. take a little time for you to even be able to do that. Because as you know, when you go into the fog of grief, oh, you yeah. can't really talk about anything initially. No. You're lucky if you can put a sentence together. So this is a bit down the line, but... It's so important to remember that. I don't talk about all of my baby losses as trauma. Mm. I talk about them as beauty. I mean, I'm just so glad my babies existed, my five children. They might not be here, but they changed me. They made me appreciate life. They made me love the world so much more. And I want to talk about those things as well, not just about them being um, losses, 
because they're my children and I want them to have a beautiful legacy, not just one of tears. I want to be able to smile about them when I talk about them, not just cry. Mm, I think that's, you should be allowed that. Yeah. <laughs> so what were those five babies' names? I should have asked you that earlier. Oh, my babies' names were Kobe, Bailey, <laughs> I know, Lovely names. Darcy, Samuel and Isabella. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, for all of those wonderful, wonderful babies and you, thank you, Zoe. That thank was you. amazing. And if people want to get in touch with saying goodbye. Yeah, just can... head to the website, sayinggoodbye.org, and you can find me on Instagram under Zoe Adele and on Twitter as well. If people need any sort of support, they can just reach out. Thank you. Those details again, you can head to sayinggoodbye.org for details on the charity. Zoe's new book is called The Baby Lost Guide and it's out now. You can follow her on Twitter at Clark Coates, that's C-O-A-T-E-S, and on Instagram at Zoe Adele, which is Zoe, A-D-E-L-L-E. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Griefcast. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.